Welcome to Answers to Life's Challenging Questions, helping to open your eyes to the many solutions to life's everyday challenges. We spend so much time looking for support and guidance on how to resolve the issues we face, it can be easy to get lost and overwhelmed. Join in as we provide practical and professional advice to help guide you towards overcoming your barriers and finding the hope that will reignite your passion and help you live a happy and healthy life. Now please welcome your hosts, Dr. Pamela Jordan and Dr. Craig Dossman. Thank you for listening to Answers to Life's Challenging Questions. This month, we have decided to switch things up a little bit. Uh, While you're preparing for next month's tax season, we thought we would provide you with an opportunity to go back and to listen to some of the expert guests that we've had on our show in the past, Linda Brooks and Dr. Hill, who have been extremely beneficial to many of our listeners who have heard their suggestions regarding how to handle your finance and what's the best way to prepare and handle your household finances and give you some tips on what to do as you're approaching tax season. So we have Dr. Hill. He speaks about financial stewardship. And so we wanted to play those episodes again for you. Please enjoy this upcoming episode. I know you're going to gather so much from it. We are excited because we're just really exuberant over the fact that we get a chance to share with you one of the nation's premier Christian financial experts in the area of Christian finance. I want to really encourage everyone, wherever you are, to get in contact with a loved one and a friend, tell them to come on to this broadcast, take a minute and get you a pen and pencil and you want to write down what's going to be shared today, as well as at the end of the broadcast, Dr. Hill is so kind to take a few moments and share with you, our listening audience, how you can get in contact with Dr. Hill and also be aware of the different services that he has provided over the years and that he is willing and open to provide for you. So let's get right into it. First of all, I want to welcome you, Dr. Hill, uh, to the broadcast. We're excited to have you here. Thank you for having me on. Let me take a moment and just share with our audience an introduction so they can know a bit about you and what you have done and currently what you're doing. Dr. Roland J. Hill is president of the International Association of Godpreneurs. The Helping Hands Press, and Dr. Roland J. Hill's Preaching Academy. He retired after 43 years of full-time ministry as a pastor, professor, and stewardship director. Dr. Hill is the author of over 22 books and is an internationally known speaker and conference workshop presenter. Dr. Hill, in hundreds of presentations worldwide, has shared his passion for stewardship, theo-economism, and Godpreneurship. He has been married to Dr. Susie Hill for over 45 years. They have two adult children and blessed with three grandchildren 
Dr. Hill is a graduate of Oakwood University, bachelor's degree, Andrews University, master's degree, and Dr. Hill has a doctorate degree from the Reformed Theological Seminary. Dr. Hill, we are just really happy that you could spend some time with us. Well, I really am excited, Dr. Dawson and Dr. Jordan. I'm excited about spending this time with you guys. It looks like you are really committed to getting information out to the general public about things that I think are critical for life. And people are really looking for information for life today. Well, that's great. Let's get started. The first thing that I would like to ask you, Dr. Hill, is that as a pastor, why did you get involved with teaching financial stewardship and how long have you been teaching it? That's a great question. You know, a pastor has a commitment to the total life of memberships. And so as a shepherd, I was concerned not just with the spiritual life of my members, but also their family life and their financial life. And when I started ministry 45 years ago, I was dealing with people who were literally blocked out of the economic system. My concern was, how do you minister to people who are blocked out of the economic system? And so I had to start searching and researching to find out answers, how I could really bless my people, not just spiritually, but financially as well. And so from the very beginning, for about 40, over 40 years, I've been working in the area of Christian finance. And by the way, it became a passion for me as I began to see that God had some special things designed for believers that we were just not aware of. And so for the last 40 years, I've been researching, writing, developing, sharing around the world these principles that I've gotten from God's word and from other things learned in my academic training. Dr. Jordan? Yes, you mentioned your experience as a pastor. And now I want to get into financial stewardship. What exactly is financial stewardship? Can you break that down for us and explain how that's defined? Well, first of all, it's, of course, we know how to give titles to things to make it sound big. It's really about money management, bottom line, money management. And when we use the word stewardship, the word stewardship actually simply means management. So we're talking about learning how to manage your money. And one of the biggest issues that I see, and by the way, my wife and I, and I do this together, she is a family scientist. And so we've been doing these seminar presentations around the world together as a team. And one of the things that we've discovered is that there is so much financial illiteracy, basic things about managing money and managing your life. People just don't know. So when we talk about financial stewardship, we're literally talking about the practical application of learning how to manage your money, bottom line. Got it. So is there a difference between financial stewardship and biblical stewardship? Well, it really is. By the way, it's not many people that bring a distinction between them, but there is. Financial stewardship is literally dealing with financial stewardship from what you can see based on human systems, which I'll talk about a little more. And it's basically self-help, what I can do for myself to manage money, financial stewardship. But biblical stewardship is saying, you know what? I'm a steward of God, a servant of God. God owns everything. And my responsibility is to manage what belongs to him 
And I use biblical principles in order to manage the resources that are loaned to me, one. And then two, I'm managing from a different economic philosophy altogether. Now, let me back up. One of the struggles I had as a pastor walking into communities, especially of African-American descent, was watching a group of people seeking to find financial freedom in an economic system that literally was designed to keep them enslaved. And so as I sought to find answers to bring answers to my own people, bring freedom to my own people, I began to see that as a theologian and as a pastor, there had to be a system that was designed that no matter who you were, what you were, the color of your skin, it didn't matter, you could prosper in it. And so out of my study of, quote, biblical stewardship, which I call now theoeconomics, I began to see the clear difference between simply managing money based on what human systems say and what I can do for myself and what I can do when I live in a different economic system and I'm working from a different philosophy altogether. Dr. Hill, take your time and lay the foundation for us about how much does the Bible have to say about money? Well, Doc, that's an excellent question. First of all, for many people, money and God are oxymoronic terms. They don't go together. And so they don't even think in terms of God's concern about money. So when they read the Bible, they miss all of what God has to say. But I've discovered that the Bible is actually the best economics textbook you can get. And here's why. There are over 2,500 passages of scriptures about money in the Bible. I'll say that again. Over 2,500 texts in the Bible about money, and yet far too many people don't even know that. They only see maybe one or two here and there. But the idea of money being in the Bible, they don't see. And then, by the way, Jesus himself spoke about money. Two-thirds of the parables of Jesus were about money. Jesus, listen, Jesus spoke more about money than heaven or hell combined. So if Jesus talked a lot about money, then money has to be important. Absolutely. What exactly are some of the key principles of biblical financial stewardship? That's really an excellent question. And I start by saying in biblical stewardship, the first principle is that God is the source of all wealth. God is the source. And then the second principle is that wealth is an assignment and allocation of value. Let me slow down, Dr. Dossman. Please, sir. All right. Many people believe that wealth is the accumulation of stuff. Stuff. They really believe that wealth is property. They really believe that wealth is CDs and money in the bank. But if you think about it carefully, Wealth is simply the allocation and assignment of value. Let me give you a for instance. I think, Dr. Dawson, you drive a BMW. I don't know that. I'm just teasing with you, sir. Okay. <laughs> but a BMW, yeah, you didn't say anything. Okay, I'll leave it. stepped up a little bit. <laughs> so, I've been so, following your program. 
Okay. <laughs> it's interesting that if you allow a BMW to sit on a parking lot for 10 years, it will simply depreciate. All right. You're right. But now it has no value sitting on a parking lot. It only has value when I get in it, turn it on, pay the price of whatever, and drive away. That's when the BMW has value. But we've got it so mixed up today. We give the BMW value, but then we turn around and drive it because we think it gives us value. What a contradiction. All right. And notice that everything that's sold is sold with a name. Because humans are the ones who give value to anything that's inanimate. So that's why I say it's the allocation of value. So the third principle that I think is critical for us to understand, that every single person that comes into the world is given value. Therefore, every single person is wealthy from the very beginning. Oh, I feel like shouting just on that myself. I don't need a single degree. I don't need any accumulation of anything. By the mere fact that God created me who I am and he placed inside of me value, I am wealth. So I don't go out to get wealth. I'm wealth when I go out. And I create wealth when I go out because I'm wealth. Yes, I like that. Let me make it clear. Okay. This did not come based on human economic systems. When I was doing my, my doctorate dissertation, I read about over 300 books for my doctoral dissertation, quite a few of them on biblical economics, Christian economics. But what I discovered that all of these books, while they purported to be economic systems that they got out of the Bible, what they were simply doing was taking Bible text and weaving it around existing economic systems. So at the end of the day, what you got was the same type of behavior that comes when you're in an economic system, only now you have Bible text to justify what you do. What I discovered as I began my own personal research and actually ended up beginning writing, I discovered that God literally has his own economy. I'll say it again, his own economy. Philippians chapter four and verse 19, the Bible says, but my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. He, right. he delineated the fact that how he prospers us is through his economic system. When people begin to understand that, they no longer feel worthless because they don't have the things of this world. They no longer tie their self-worth to their net worth. Mm-hmm. And then let me give you a couple of more. And then some practical things. At the end of the day, money management is about discipline. My wife and I teach what we call total life stewardship or total life management. Most people don't want to steward their life. They don't want to manage their life. They just want it to happen to them. And one of the best principles for managing your life is a budget. It's a plan guide for spending. It's asking your money, no, telling your money where to go rather than asking your money, where you been? (laughs) Far too many people spend their life chasing, trying to figure out where their money has been. And it's critical for families to learn how to live on a budget because it's the guide for their life. And then learning how to invest. Now, I'll talk a little more about that if, if we ask a few more questions. But 
I'll just say that most of the investments that people get in does not give them the return that they're expecting. Many people are sold, what would I say? They're sold, I call it propaganda about investments. And I'll say that the best investment that you can ever make is in yourself. I'll leave it at that. Those are principles that I've found, and they're biblical principles. Appreciate that, Dr. Hill. Now, now in our listening audience, we have different groups of people. And so I'd like to ask you this question. How important is financial stewardship to singles, married couples, and the community at large? Well, that's, again, another excellent question. Single people, sometimes, I, I can't say for all of them, but what I've discovered is that many single people feel like money management is not something that I particularly would need to do. But the truth of the matter is, when you're single, you really do have to be far more careful about how to manage your, your money, and you need to budget it in a way where you can literally, literally get a chance to be more eligible for a life's companion. Let me back that up. Nowadays, young people come to the relationship and they ask you, what's your credit score? They want to know what you got in the bank. Do you have a job? And so when we talk about managing your life, we're talking about helping young people be eligible for a life partner. And then here's another thing. It keeps young people from being desperate. As a pastor, you know, I've pastored a lot of people through the years. And I see women jumping into relationships just because they're needy. When you manage your resources and you're not needy, then you can take your time to find the one that God wants to send you. And then for married couples, it is critical. Now, Dr. Dawson, you've known me since we were in college together. You saw when Dr. Susie and I got, when we started dating and I was running around the campus just as a young, young man trying to find my way. Hallelujah. But one of the things my wife and I understood right off from the beginning that if our marriage was going to be a happy marriage, and we've been blessed for 45 years of a happy marriage, that we needed to learn how to manage our resources so we wouldn't have to spend our time in desperation because we were broke and busted and disgusted. You know, you guys work with families in your profession, and you understand that the number one cause of divorce is financial issues. But I can tell you, from our years of counseling with couples, that's something they don't even talk about. It's not in the discussion. And the reason why it's not in the discussion, because money tells more about you than any single item. When you start talking about money, you start talking about your background, your mama and your daddy. And that's hard talking to people when couples come together to share. It's about sharing my mistakes. That's what money does. My mistakes. It shares also your future. And sometimes the future goals and plans are so unrealistic that you don't want to share it when it comes to sitting down and talking about budgeting and planning your life. And then for the community, when families are solid, as I said, my wife is a family scientist, so she studies family systems. The community is made up of families. And when our families are financially strapped, so goes our community. What goes on in the home affects the community. And so that's why we say financial stewardship, biblical financial stewardship is critical to singles, married, male or female, 
married couples, whether you're just getting married or you like me and Pastor Dawes, Dr. Dawes, 45 years in, it's still critical. My wife and I, after 45 years of marriage, we sit down every single month. Do you hear what I said? Every single month and go through our entire budget and pay bills. It still is tense. Can I get a shout out? But it's critical for the life of the family. When we finish that hour, hour and a half, sometimes it takes us two hours. We're done paying the bills for the month. We're through with that little stress session. And now for 29 months, we have free because everything is allocated. Everything is taken care of. All the bills are taken care of. We know the direction the family is going. And I'll say the last thing. When we talk about managing money, it's really talking about strategizing the future of your life. Where I'm going to go, how I'm going to get there. My wife and I were able to retire. She retired in 2017. I retired in 2018. And the only way we were able to do it is because we sat down and managed our life so that we could retire with dignity. Now, I never made a lot of money, all right? But what we did is we took the little that we had and managed it to the best of our ability. We invested, I'm going to shout you on this one, we invested in the best retirement plan ever. And that is number one, the kingdom of God. Number two is an intellectual property that we own. That's one of the major reasons I wrote books because I get a good return on books. Hallelujah. I really want to just thank you for taking this time. Let's ask Dr. Jordan, will you tell us how they can get in contact with us or if they have any questions in regards to the broadcast as we close today? Yes. If you're interested in asking questions or finding out more information about Dr. Hill, please go to our two sites, our Facebook page, Answers to Life's Challenging Question, and our Instagram page as well. And if you have a question that you would like to have answered, that you would like us to create a podcast around, please submit those questions on those pages as well as contact us on our phone line, area code 415-690-8605. That's 415-690-8605. This concludes our first episode dealing with biblical stewardship or financial stewardship. We'd like to thank our guest speaker, Dr. Hill, for presenting and answering our questions. You have done a phenomenal job, and we look forward to part two, which will be coming up on our next episode. So, Dr. Hill, thank you so much. We really appreciate you for joining us today and sharing with us what the Bible actually tells us about finance and how we can plan for our future. Thank you again. This is another episode of Answers to Life's Challenging Questions. We appreciate you joining us on this episode of Answers to Life's Challenging Questions. For more information and resources, be sure to join us on Facebook to connect directly with your hosts, as well as others just like you who are looking for answers to life's challenging questions. You can find us at facebook.com slash answers to life's questions. Until next time.